Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hylian. My name is Seth. Yes, and if you've listened to the previous two episodes, you would say, wait a minute, didn't you go by shrimp? And I did, and I had a revelation. I suddenly realized how much I like the name Seth, and so I decided to change it. It was a long time coming. I can only call myself uh, shrimp so many times, which is a term that other people are called in a derogatory fashion. Uh, the thing was, I was going to smash events and it became a name that people would refer to me as and, and know me as and I was okay with it at first and it was supposed to be on brand because it was a continuation of Tiny Enemy Shrimp which is a connection with a giant enemy company which is my uh, main brand and so you know here's me trying to keep consistent with it um, and then the desire that I felt to call myself Seth instead was just too strong. And for those of you who don't know, my name is Joseph, and there's an interesting point there, which is that typically people say, oh, do you go by Joe or Joseph? I say, well, I go by Joseph. It's the Seth part, the basically the, the second part of the name that doesn't really get as much uh, attention, does it? So uh, here I am, I go by Seth, and I'm slowly phasing out shrimp. It's probably still going to be my Twitter because I do think it makes sense to use it there. And I also want to keep Tiny Enemy Shrimp alive in some capacity because it is still connected with my great big project, Giant Enemy Company and Giant Enemy Comic. And it is also my uh, Fortnite name too. So if anybody here is on Fortnite, feel free to uh, reach out to me. I'm not great when it comes to organizing playtime, but we'll see. We'll do the best we can. So today is a solo episode. I didn't set out to do solo episodes. It wasn't, I, I assure you, it was never really the plan. There may have been times where I would read a bunch of uh, letters, letters I haven't gotten yet, and decide I'm just going to read them and respond to them myself solo. Uh, the reason why I'm doing solo is because I wanted to make sure that since releasing the show, I wanted to get one episode out a month. Some shows put themselves out once a week. Some shows do daily. Me, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was getting an episode out a month. But if it comes down to I don't even have something to talk about, then I'm not going to put something out just for the sake of putting something out. I did have something that I want to talk about today, and I felt that this might be something I'm better off talking about on my own anyways, because what I wanted to do was just make sure that I was getting my thoughts out uh, the way I uh, hear them in my head. And conversations are an interesting thing because what happens is both parties definitely have what they might want to say, but the combination of both their thoughts will start to generate new thoughts. Uh, I definitely wanted to say what I wanted to say today. So what we're going to talk about today is Hyrule Warriors, uh, a game that, frankly, I'm not super fond of. I, I did get it on the Wii U. I did not get the definitive version on the Switch. Uh, I played through the story of it and I and um, overall, if you haven't gotten it yet and you can pick it up at a discount or if you're just really itching to uh, have that style of gameplay, uh, it still is something that I can recommend. Uh, the reason why I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it is what I'm going to get into. So first, let's get into why this game existed in the first place. Well, uh, take yourself back to when the Wii U was the primary Nintendo system and it was competing with the consoles 
respective of Sony and Microsoft, the 360 and the PlayStation 3, roughly. There comes a point where the uh, Xbox One and the PS4 are competing with the Wii U, but that's a very uh, small time uh, frame. Uh, it's largely Wii U versus uh, those other two uh, aforementioned consoles. And the Wii U is dealing with the aftermath of not having a strong launch. So what was the issue with the Wii U? And many of you already know this is that while consumers had a very clear picture of what the Wii was and it had amazing mainstream popularity, that mainstream momentum didn't keep up because Nintendo's strategy was to take these people and introduce them into gaming in the, in the most casual way that they can come up with. So casual that the gameplay even r closely resembles the way the gameplay is in life, which Wii Sports, the, doing the tennis racket thing. And so then it comes the Wii U time and customers go, what's going on? Do I need this? Is this like an add-on? A new system? I watch that. I make more of these systems. So the uh, install base for the Wii U was small, but we can always count on hardcore Nintendo fans such as myself to still pick up the system to show our support because we, we do trust Nintendo well enough that there are going to be some great titles that come out uh, on the system. And what I'm finding as a Switch owner now is that over time, uh, a lot of those uh, titles that I had gotten on the Wii U, because they were only really available on the Wii U, have been on the way over to the Switch. And Hyrule Warriors was one of those games. Not that I personally was uh, raring to get Hyrule Warriors. Uh, my first reaction on Hyrule Warriors was a bit uh, concerned. And the reason why I was concerned is because I have this philosophy about Zelda that there is a prestige to the Zelda series that you don't see in too many games. And compare the amount of Zelda games that had come out over the, the, the many consoles to the amount of games that had come out in the Mario series. The main Mario titles have been consistently good quality. Um, Mario has also taken on the role as the uh, Mickey Mouse of Nintendo and has uh, found his way into a lot of other kinds of games because it's an easy way to sell people on a gameplay concept using Mario to lead that gameplay concept. And Mario is a very versatile character in of himself. So he's capable of doing uh, these different feats. Obviously, as a plumber, if he's uh, that athletic, he could probably uh, hold his own in tennis or getting into a fight or being a doctor <laughs> whereas zelda let's see we had we're talking about the main titles there are some uh, some niche works that came out here or there but for the most part we we're talking about the main titles so we had two on the nintendo entertainment system one on the super nintendo uh one on uh, the game boy two on the nintendo 64 two then are released on the game boy color and then two on the gamecube there's there's a there's a bleed over because Twilight Princess was both a GameCube release and a Wii release. So I oh, but we'll, we'll count it anyways. It's good enough. So two on the GameCube, two on the Wii, and then there's also Link's Crossbow Training, which was one of those uh, niche spinoffs. But the spinoffs were 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 few and far between. There was Four Swords. That's fine, except for the fact that I never got to play it. I don't know anybody anybody who did because the uh, barrier for entry was so high. Um, but uh, the point being is that you knew that when a Zelda title was coming out, uh, you could expect a certain level of quality. 
And if you take the series average over time, what you'll see is that the series average has a greater chance of being overall lower the more games come out for it. Um, there could be an issue with saturation when you get to Mario. And you look at the new Super Mario Brother games on the Wii and the Wii U, and eventually it starts to feel a little uh, repetitive. And, and, and then there's Mario games where I just have no inclination to buy them whatsoever because they start to feel a little too similar to one another. So why did Hyrule War Warriors come out of, seemingly out of nowhere? Well, Nintendo needed some games to come out for its system. They always need games to come out, but they really needed games to come out. As a designer, you get a lot of mileage out of this kind of game. And why? Well, how do you get mileage out of it? Okay, well, 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 imagine trying to make a Twilight Princess. All the dungeons have to be laid out, and they have to be challenging to the player, and there's puzzle solving, unique monsters. Um, you don't want to just fight Liz of Foles every single dungeon. Uh, there needs to be unique boss fights. Uh, there needs to be items. And there's a story that connects it together, and then there is the hub world, and there's all this connective tissue, and it's a cohesive experience. Okay, so then you take Hyrule Warriors, and we make some enemy mobs, and we can use those mobs over and over and over again, and it's not something that a player will have an issue with, with a game like the Warrior series. So the Warrior series is the kind of game that, Still, it takes time and, and resources to make, but it doesn't require the same intricacy as making a, a, a mainstream Zelda title. So the, the point that I'm getting is that this wasn't the most taxing game for them to make, but they could get a lot of um, a response out of it. And I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I don't want to discourage people from, uh, from buying these games. And... And I do think the game is it's it's fine, um, especially for its time, because what it did was it basically kicked off the Hyrule brand in that other games can now take that and, and run with it. And we have a recent example now uh, that I can talk about, which is Cadence of Hyrule. So Zelda now has a rhythm game to it. And we're definitely going to see more of these. And um, for the next... Uh, down the line, uh, I will also pitch a, uh, a few other ideas, and, um, and I'm going to also pitch an idea today uh, as well. So let's break it down. So we got this game that comes out, and it helps keep people engaged because it's a lot of gameplay for not the same amount of work as trying to put together an intricate 40-hour experience that would take a lot more work and a lot more resources. And so overall, pretty good value for the developers as well as for the gamers because if the Hyrule, if the Warriors gameplay satisfies you, then great. Uh, as I was playing through it, it, it made me think of something else, which I'll get to. So first thing is, is Hyrule Warriors even a Zelda game? No, it's a Warriors game. It has elements of Zelda. It has the the aesthetic of Zelda. But the core gameplay is clearly a Warriors game. Just because there's a few bosses where a monster opens their mouth and we throw explosives into it, 
that to me is something that can that doesn't necessarily need to be Zelda. It could be a different convoluted problem with a different convoluted solution. That brings me to the next question is, okay, well, what makes a Zelda game a Zelda game? Uh, and that's a fantastic question, something that you know I've started to answer a little bit in this show, and I will try to answer uh, a little bit today and throughout the course of um, as many episodes as this uh, show will go for, which hopefully will be uh, very many, very many episodes. What makes a Zelda game a Zelda game above all else is the emotional drive to go on an adventure. It's trying to find your way when you're lost. It's trying to find something that is lost. It is it is getting lost and then getting out of it. It's it is Zelda is an adventure game. So is Hyrule Warriors an adventure game? I mean the characters sort of go on an adventure, I guess, but the player is not doing any adventuring. They are going on missions where they fight a bunch of monsters and they take some structures and they beat some bosses and it's pretty fun, but it's not an adventure because the player is not doing adventuring. So yes, it's it's a warriors game, and that is my stance on it. I can be wrong, I can be persuaded. So, so next up, let's 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 say some good things about Hyrule Warriors. One, I, I think the depiction of the characters is uh, some of the strongest. I love the depiction of Zelda. I wish she had that rapier in Smash Brothers. The depiction of Link is great. The depiction of really, really all the characters they they come across looking pretty cool, and it's great to see. It's, it's great to have an opportunity to play these characters, um, other than Smash Brothers, which. Uh, offers some of the Zelda characters. There's a lot of characters that just aren't reputable enough to get into Smash that are perhaps desperately needed to fill the roster uh, here in Hyrule Warriors. You take Fi, you take Ruto. Uh, these are characters that I don't think too many people were dying to play, and now they're part of the game, and that's that's good. It's fun. In terms of value, like I was saying earlier, it's a great value. As long as the gameplay is satisfying to you as a player, you will get lots of hours out of it. Uh, we should ask for value and we should look for value in what we spend our money on because money is precious. I would know as I recorded this, I spent about two grand on websites and a new phone. So whew, I'm in a lot of pain today. <laughs> uh, I would say the strongest thing about Hyrule Warriors is that it kicked off this permission that the players gave to Nintendo that we are okay with spinoffs and we're happy about this and we're ready to see what's going to happen next. And I think that has led towards Cadence of Hyrule, which is getting a great response. I haven't myself played it yet. So what are the downsides of Hyrule Warriors? So I, I would want you to look at Fire Emblem Warriors just to see how that series meshed a lot more easily with the Warriors series. Uh, they used the the tactics that Fire Emblem is known for, and they used the hot swap, the character swapping, uh, which uh, players would expect because over the course of a Fire Emblem battle, one is commanding all, uh, all the units on the field. It made a lot more sense to be a Warriors game. The characters are basically fighting wars to begin with. There was there were less logical leaps, whereas our vision of Hyrule, even at its most populated, which at this point would have to be Twilight Princess, we don't get the sense that there are lots and lots and lots of people. 
Uh, now, some people make the case that the population that we see in these games is a representative population of what the population actually is. And, and an example of that um, would be um, Star Wars um, in that the, the film depiction of the Battle of Hoth uh, was not the full depiction of the battle in the way that it's um, depicted in, in, say, the books or in, on, in any record of it. The record of it is that it was a much bigger, much larger scale battle. Because I'm going to uh, assume that the work respects the player enough that the player is not going to look for satisfaction on what they are currently consuming by looking at other material. What we're going to do is we're going to treat the population of Hyrule as they are. This is a story, you know, okay, so you take you take Twilight Princess, it's a story about Hyrule where there are only so many people. And we have to respect that. Think of it like a play where there's only so many characters. We could say that the play is that the characters in the play are representing a larger population when they do Shakespeare and there's only so many characters and there's we assume there's an army fighting in the background. Uh, even that's not quite the same thing because Hyrule, because the because Twilight Princess is showing us everything that they can, and so we are going to. You know what? Breath of the see Breath of the Wild probably would have an overall greater population. Um, the only reason why I was thinking more Twilight Princess is because chronologically it takes place during a time where there is an actual active population and Hyrule isn't decimated. So one would expect that population to be overall higher. So let's just say it, if in Breath of the Wild, if Hyrule were an accessible city that was doing fine, we would probably expect to see a lot more people. Interestingly, there were probably too many people for the game to handle, so they decided to go the uh, destructo route. So when we take that population uh, principle and we apply that to Hyrule Warriors, what we're seeing is a Hyrule completely out of whack. I mean, how are there so many soldiers? That's a lot of soldiers. How are there? How are there? How are there so many bad guys? Is how, how is Hyrule just a bunch of like flat areas and and, and wide hallways? So the, our ability to understand Hyrule is a lot less organic because a lot of sacrifices had to be made in order for the gameplay to fit. I mean, I know that uh, the Nintendo philosophy is to put gameplay first. So um, what I'm just pointing out is that this game came out during the Wii U era and it was what they could do at the time. And we, what we want to do is we want to move forward. And that's why I'm sharing my thoughts with you. I've alluded to this already, and uh, now I'm going to get into. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to get into a pitch. What I would like you to do is use your imagination to think of the concept that I'm about to share with you. So imagine something called Hyrule Heroes, and the gameplay for this is going to resemble the Zelda series a little closer because it it's going to give the designers the ability to craft Hyrule more the way we typically see Hyrule, which is it's a fantasy realm. It's not massive. Well, actually, it is massive by the time of Breath of the Wild. But essentially, I don't want to rule out all of these other depictions of Hyrule. Smaller isn't worse. It just means that there is a different 
appreciation for the story to be had. And I want you to uh, think about the combat in Breath of the Wild, the combat in Twilight Princess, and the combat in Ocarina of Time, and basically the 3D ones. You have monsters that are what I would describe as dangerous puzzles. Every monster... Okay, you got the, the grunts. All you got to do is swing your sword at them. Uh, but those are just the grunts. You have Stoffels, Lizifols, Darknuts. You have all of these different unique monsters, all of which take a little bit of a different approach to defeat in combat. And then you have uh, Link, who has lots of combat options and usually outclasses the enemies. And so long as a player isn't uh, suddenly slipping, the player will probably overcome the obstacles. Okay, so next I want you to do is I want you to take these staffle, take a, take a group of staffles, take a group of lizifles, a group of dark nuts, uh, take, take put some octrox in there. Imagine uh, a group of about sixteen to seventeen of these monsters, all of which take a little bit of thought to defeat, and then give Link another seven or eight allies maybe one of those some of those allies can be zelda can be some other can be impa can be some other um figures that represent the zoras and the gorons and the kokiri even and there are no faceless units it's going to be like fire emblem where every unit has a personality so you can uh, recruit some of the the rito recruit some of the zora recruit some of the gerudu and the enemies can also potentially have some of these characters like the Gorons and the Zoras who have turned to the the bad guy side. And all and all of the and all the characters are playable. You're not just stuck playing Link. And all of these characters will fight each other the way that we can visualize Link fighting a group of two or three monsters in Ocarina of Time and in Twilight Princess. And so what we have are these much more dynamic and uh, thought-provoking fights where the player needs to think carefully about who's fighting what, who, who's got an advantage over who, who's going to fight from a range, who's going to go uh, in, in melee. And it kind of reminds me of a TV show. It reminds me of Power Rangers. It reminds me of there was this trio of... Uh, fantasy live action shows in the 90s uh, it was Sinbad, Hercules, and Xena. Uh, Hercules and Xena not so much because those were one person armies but with Sinbad there was a group of uh, fighters all of whom tried to contribute to the fight. Some are stronger than others there's usually like one weakling um, but these fights would, would play out and everyone was involved in it. And the reason why I, I think this would be a great concept for a Hyrule game, no, Zelda, not technically a, a Zelda game, it, it, but closer to uh, Zelda, it would really be, okay, so we said that there's such thing as a Zelda game, which is an adventure. We have a Warriors game, which is a war-based, uh, 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 leading an army against another army. But this is a Heroes game. Compare the Zelda brand overall and the way players invest in it compared to some other brands. I'm not going to point out anyone, but you can probably think of a few where the players 
don't quite invest in it the same way that uh, Hylians invest in the the Zelda series. The Hyrule Heroes would be a concept that allows for players to really invest in all of the characters and even be invested in the enemies too. We have the enemies that we like to fight, the enemies we don't like to fight. There can even be an arena mode where we can set up certain combat configurations and challenge other players to beat it. Uh, there could even be online multiplayer where I can come up with a group and then the enemy will come up with a group uh, and we can have features like setting up the behavior of each of our, our heroes so that the players have to figure out the behavior of the enemy heroes and the, and the fights would be organic. You would never see the same fight twice because there is a little bit more personality and program and agency to each individual unit. All right. Um, that's actually going to be it. Uh, usually uh, I want episodes to go closer to an hour, uh, but it being a solo episode, mathematically that would mean that I'm only going to speak for 30 minutes anyways. Give or take. And I, I appreciate you uh, listening. As of the release of this episode, it'll be the first episode where I realized that there is another show called uh, The Hylian uh, that has a, a large following. So if you've if, I, if you've accidentally found that one looking for this one, or if you've accidentally found this one looking for that one, um, welcome. Uh, we're all a community here. For classification's sake, this is the Hylian Podcast, where the other show is the Hylian Gamescast, a Zelda podcast. It, the semantics are pretty much all that we have for separation. And in, in, in all honesty, it... It's not a surprise that other people came up with the name The Hylian. Um, initially, I, I came up with doing this show probably as far back as 2017, but I have been dragging my feet for a while. And what I'm realizing with doing this episode and with seeing uh, the other uh, uh, Hylian podcast not only exist, but also uh, take off and is doing uh, quite well right now, is that this is not a world where dragging one's feet leads to success. There is something we said about timing and making smart moves and, and moving forward. And so I, I still wanna retain some of that. But uh, ultimately um, what I learned in the last uh, uh, couple of months is that things not only move quickly, but they move more rapidly in time. So if you're listening to this episode, uh, I want you to feel like this the, the this is content that you didn't need to listen to the week it came out if you found it a year later i hope there's still something here that uh, provokes thought and uh, let me know what you think if you disagree with any of what i said or if any of it doesn't quite make sense uh, i do welcome feedback so you can reach out to the hylian podcast at gmail.com if you're one of the listeners who found this show due to my grassroots promotion, which is you noticed my tattoo and then I told you about the show. Thanks for checking it out. I appreciate that. The only barrier to who's not allowed on the show are basically people who don't see themselves as a Hylian. So if you want to come on the show, you are welcome to. It is topic-based, so you are going to have to decide what you want to talk about before you reach out, but that's uh, that's all I ask. I essentially skipped housekeeping today simply because for solo episodes, I don't really need to break into another time or, or another recording where it is just me because it is just me. The 
track today is made by Tilted. Uh, I'm going to put a link to his uh, Newgrounds account so you can check out his song. And I'm going to use it to play us out. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.